Well, hello! Happy Valentine's Day! My name is Alex Hershey, and I am the pastor of the Branches Church, and I'm so glad that you are watching right now. I encourage you to go grab a drink as we jump into uh, the scriptures and our sermon and lesson for today. I just want to say uh, really quick that our church is focused on living out our mission, which is to connect to God, grow in Christ, and to love others. And we want to do this in any way possible. And so we are seeking ways, new ways, and a new ideas to do this, but we want people to know that they are loved by Jesus. If you hear anything in this day and at this time right now, I pray that you hear that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. No matter what has gone on in your past, no matter what is ahead of you, and no matter what you are in the midst of, Jesus loves you, and his amazing grace will transform you into something that you never thought you would become. Our God is so good. Let us pray together and let us jump into the Word of God today. Would you pray with me? God, we are thankful for your amazing love and your peace that you give to us, that you allow for us to understand who you are through your Scripture, and that you open our eyes and open our hearts into where you desire us to go and what you are calling us to become. So on this day, this day of love, let us be always reminded that we are loved by you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, awesome. I am so excited on this Valentine's Day. uh, I just want to say one, thank you, Hallmark rom-coms and Italian food for making this day possible. How often does Valentine's Day land on a Sunday? I don't know, but it did today. Uh, And so anyway, but I just want to share with you uh, the Krista and Alex love story. My wife, Krista, and I want you to hear, as you hear this, I want you to be reminded that this is a one-sided story. This is me telling it Krista's not right here sharing it with you, but I remember, I still remember the night that I met Krista. I remember the coffee shop. I remember the friend who introduced us. I I remember sitting and talking with her that entire evening. I remember our friendship growing and walking across the college campus many times together and making sure that there was a seat next to me uh, at lunch and at dinner where she could sit down. I remember that first semester that we met and everybody else was still studying for finals and we were finished and we just sort of decided to go see a movie and it was a A random movie, Proof of Life. Do you remember this movie? Oh my gosh, Meg Ryan and Russell Crowe. And we just sat there and watched a movie together and had our friendship grow. And remember over that Christmas break that happened and AOLing her a lot, but also meeting her in Muncie to go see her friend's band play. Uh, Yep, it was awesome. I do believe at that point I had a handlebar mustache. I'm just saying. But anyway, but over that season, our friendship grew. And then we had to have a talk. We had to have a talk. This friendship was growing and it was not normal friendship anymore, but we began to realize that we had feelings for each other. And we had that talk, as maybe cheesy as you may think it is, it happened on February 14th. Yes, it happened on Valentine's Day. And yes, That happened 20 years ago on this date. 20 years ago on this date, 
Krista and I began dating. Oh my goodness. And then a couple years later, we got married. And boy, I am glad that we had that talk. Love is a powerful emotion. Love is something that we can get wrapped up in that allows for us to be able to uh, experience something that we have never experienced else, else in other places in our lives. Now, I want to say that because love is such a powerful emotion, I feel that our culture has unfortunately began to water down love. I believe this. I believe in our own lives we have watered down love because this is the thing. I want us to realize the magnitude of what love is. And what love is, is something that comes from God, our creator, the one who designed the whole world, everything about it. God designed love and he wants love to be powerful in your life. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to share his love. He wants you to have others give you their love as well. And so I want us to fully understand what love is and not just the watered-down version that we often see in movies or in advertisements or in just a box of chocolates. It is much more and it is deeper for us. God designed love to be more than a day. God designed love to be more than just something that we hold to ourselves. But God designed love to radically change the world through His Son, Jesus. Let's look at this. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 12. All right. Now, 1 John, it's way in the back, not the Gospel of John, way in the back of the New Testament, in the back of the Bible. Go there and you can find this passage. I encourage you. Uh, <clears throat> I encourage you to look this passage up right now as we're watching if you need to pause it. But also, if you would read that later uh, today, that would be fantastic. But let's hear this scripture uh, today as we look at this uh, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. It says this, <clears throat> Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Not only has ever, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Wow. This is a powerful passage where it begins to remind us where love comes from and who God is. God is love, and God is the one who allows for us to love. <laughs> the, the trap is off in, in our lives, the trap is often in our lives, is that we can forget where this comes from, and we can begin to diminish 
what love is. And we begin to talk about how we love our spouse and then we move over and we say, we love Cool Ranch Doritos. We can be confused in how we use the word love. Now you may love Cool Ranch Doritos, but I hope you don't love them the same way that you love your spouse or your children or your parents, right? I want us to understand this a little bit more. <laughs> but now you say, no, okay, okay, this isn't true, Alex. This isn't true. I, I know how to use love. I understand how to use love. And I, I, I know when I need to say it and how to say it. But let me just ask you this question. In the last six months, in the last six months, have you talked about how many movies that you love versus how many times have you talked about loving how much you've loved your wife or your husband or your kids. How many times in the last six months as you've been Zoom and Zoom meetings with people have you said, I love this movie versus I love my wife, all right? I'm calling myself out here in that moment because I want us to be able to make sure that we see the separation and that we can express and say that we truly do love the people around us and the people that are primary, primary in our lives, okay? So let's look at this passage a little bit deeper because God talks about love. Why don't we talk about love just as much, if not more, right? God talks about it a lot. When we look at this passage, we talk about what love is, and we also see what God is wanting us to experience through God's, his own, his love through his son, Jesus. The first thing that we have to understand is that there is a divine love for us. Jesus comes into this world as our atoning sacrifice. God acts in a way where he allows for you to experience this divine love. This is powerful and we need to ultimately at some point recognize this and realize this in our life. We are loved by the creator. This is the pinnacle of all love. This is, this is where it comes from. The divine love shows us the sacrifice by what Christ has done for us. God's only son takes on our sins so that we can live now and forever. And this is an inseparable love. It's amazing. That divine love. So we look at this passage, then we have to see this, this point right here is our love source. Where does our love source come from? Where does our love source? In, in verse 7, it says that love comes from God. Love comes from God. When we feel that we are trapped and, 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 and missing out on love, when we feel that we just we're tapped out and we don't know how to love others and we can just be exhausted, we can feel that just things have just gone on a little too much and we're just, we're just drained and not sure if we can love. We have to go back to our love source, right? Maybe that, that article of clothing that just never makes it into the hamper. Maybe you've just at your wit's end and you need to go back and realize that you can have your love be restored when you go to our love source, who is God. Now also, side note, put the shirt in the hamper. That's right. Now, I know 
that sometimes in life we need to go to this love source, we need to go to God, because there are times where we know we're headed to a family reunion, or we're going to Thanksgiving, or we're spending time with some friends, or we're going to work, and we feel drained, but we know that we need to have more love in us so that we don't allow for hate to come out of us. This is why we need to continue to go to God. Now, there's some of us who we try to find other ways to find our love source. We turn to drugs and alcohol and sex and video games and mindless scrolling. We talk to, with friends and we gossip. These are not sources of love and these will be things that will tear us down. They can give us a false sense of security, but they are not what allows for us to love deeper and greater and not feel, not feel love as well. The next thing that we find in the scriptures is love others because God loves us. We see that in verse 11. Since God loved us, we ought to love one another. Simply put, God's love, when we uh, experience it, it will transform us so that we can love others. Think about the woman at the well that Jesus encounters. She comes bitter and broken. She comes not feeling loved and not really wanting to express love to others. In that conversation with Jesus, she is transformed. She finds that Jesus is the, the water that gives life, the water that gives love, and Jesus is the source of love. She experiences that and she goes back into the village and she shares Jesus is love. Loving God allows for us to be transformed in a way so that we can love others. Transformation occurs when we are in line with God's love. Cool Ranch Doritos will only transform my waistline. God wants your soul to be changed. God wants your soul to be able to know that it is loved and that you will live into a life that is Filled with, filled with purpose, importance, and joy. The next point that we see in this passage is that it says in verse 12, for us to be love. To be love. Let me just read verse 12 again for us. It is a good verse. It says this, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. To be love means that you need to let God live in you. This is an important part of this passage. We can understand that God loves us and that we need to love, but people will see God in you if you choose to love the way he has loved you. When we can talk about the ills of this world, when we can talk about the missteps that happen by political leaders or other business leaders or even in our own local communities, and we can just complain and say, where is God? God would say to you, God wants to live in you so that you will be his love to the broken, the confused, the worried. God wants to be love in you. This is the thing, if you are not experiencing love right now, it is time for you to come to God and find love in Him. Be transformed so that you can be love to others. Right now, I want you to hear this. God's love is free. God's love is free. His grace is ready to pour down upon you. His truth is ready to reveal 
and truths in your life, things in your life. He's ready for allow this love to allow for kindness to be on your lips so you can speak. His love is allowing for you to be able to listen to others and listen to him. His love is ready for you to experience a respect that will build you up. And his love is ready to make things clear so you can see where you need to go and what you need to do in your daily life. This love is free and it is ready for you. All we have to say is, God, I want your love in my life. Having God's love as your source is important for all your relationships. To know God is to know love. To know love is to know God. <laughs> so, that's a powerful thing. But I want to tie it back in to relationships. I want to tie it back into marriage today on this Valentine's Day. All right. Woo, love. In our dating and marriage over the past 20 years, oh my gosh, we have learned a lot about each other. We are still learning a lot about each other. We have had many, 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 many great moments, but we've also had those times where we get frustrated, right? And this is the thing. Our marriage isn't perfect, but boy, I have loved being married. There's never been a day where I have regretted being married to Krista. There's never been a day. And I love it. And I want to share some things that I've learned as, as I've been married to Krista and as I've been able to be part of many weddings as, as officiating them and, uh, and, and, and doing premarital counseling and doing marriage counseling. I just want to share a few things with you in these remaining moments that I believe we pull from 1 John chapter 4 and how we can have deep relationships. Now you say, I'm not married. Well, you probably know people who are married. So listen, so you can help. And you may be married someday soon. So listen, this will help. You may say, I've been married for 50 years. Well, listen, this may help. What's wrong with that? You may say, we're at our wit's end with each other. This may help. Something that I always say is often we allow for our marriages to end right before they get really good. So let's listen to some of these things that I pull from 1 John and some of my experiences as well. All right. The majority of these, yeah, these are, these are great. This is what I'm on. The first one is this. I think how we can love is this. Talk. If you want to have a deep relationship where love is at the center, that you're always being reminded that God is your source, and talk to each other. Communication is key. Communication is key. We, when we talk, we end up having uh, able to have those moments where we can talk in the fun. We can talk even when we learn that we're tired and even mad. I want you to talk through them all. Don't stop talking to your husband or talking to your wife. Especially, don't stop talking to them to prove a point that you're upset. Uh, I want you to hear that we need to fight fair. And just being silent is not fighting fair. I've had to learn that one. And being silent also means that it'll probably be silent for years. I've done counseling with people where they literally haven't talked about what made them mad for over a decade. If that is you... Begin to talk. Pray to God and see how you can begin to open up about something that hurt you a decade ago. You can't keep doing this. No secrets. 
When you talk, it is hard to keep a secret, right? That's why the little ones, they just can't keep secrets because they just talk. When you talk, you can't keep secrets. You need to confess things that are hidden in your heart and you need to talk them out. You need to allow for you to have those conversations. Don't become the people that go to the restaurant and look at their phones and don't talk to each other. Talk, 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 talk. Communicate, communicate, communicate. In the bad times, in the good times, in the overtime. Talk, 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 communicate. The second thing is this, do life together. Do life together. There are reasons your relationships work. And the main thing is this, is that you do things together. You go on vacations together. You travel together. You, you talk to each other. You do life together. You do this. You need to understand this. The reason our relationship works with God is because we communicate with God. We do life with God. The reason it works with our spouse, our husband, and our wife is because we do life with them more than we do life with anyone else. All right? Your friends are great. Your wife is greater. Your husband is greater. Right? Do life with your spouse. Do life together. Do it. And doing life together, you begin to realize that it's not all about you. You spend time with each other. You learn about their interests. And sometimes there may be things you don't enjoy doing, but you know what? You do them. And you do them not like this or mad. You do them out of love. All right? The third thing is this. I want you to hear this one. This has been key to Krista and I. And I know you say, well, you're a pastor. I am. I am. But this has been key. But there. Pray, read scripture, and worship together. If God is at the center of your relationship, statistically, if a couple prays together and reads the Bible together and worships together, they are satisfied in their marriage. Not, not, I'm not saying you can't do one of them. It has to be all three of them. Statistically, it proves and that you almost become divorce proof if you do these three things together. <clears throat> the problem is, is only about 4% of Christian marriages do all three of these things. That's not good. That's not good. How do you do this? Do you pray together before you go to bed? Before you leave the house together? Do you pray at, at dinner time? Do you find that time to pray? Hold hands and pray. It doesn't have to be a complex prayer. It can be simple. But pray together. Read scripture. Do it. Together, as a married couple or as a family, read through the scripture. Read through the devotional that we send out in an email and do it together. Come to worship. Make it a priority to worship with each other. Go volunteer. Then the next service or another time, come and worship together. Serve and worship together. The point of doing these things is so that you can remain close to God, and in doing that, you remain close to each other. And all of this is so important. Talking, doing life together, reading the scriptures, praying together and worshiping together. 
This is so important because guess what? In a marriage, you're not supposed to be business partners. That's not what God's design of marriage is between husband and wife. No. It's like, I want you to become husband and wife and become great business partners. I want you to become great Uber drivers, driving your kids back and forth from things. No. God wants your marriage to be filled with love. He's the source of love. He wants that for you. And we can only love deeply because, because our source is the greatest love of all, Jesus. Today, right now, if you are sort of feeling just off of love, if you're not feeling loved, or if you're, you're finding it hard to love others, I just want you to just stop. And just sort of just pause and say, today, I need to recommit my life to Christ. Just, just say the following, Jesus, I just need you in my life more. Let me, let me experience your source again of divine love for me. Transform my heart just like you've done before. Let me love deeply. Maybe for some of you, you've, you've never said this before. You've never said, I need Christ's love completely in my life. And maybe today is that, that day for the first time. You need to say, Jesus, I need your love. I am like the woman that went to the well. with I was dry and barren and I was just needing life. And I found that you have living water and your love is needed in my life. I pray right now that you say this. That you pray this and you say, Lord, fill me up with you. I repent of my sin and I repent of only focusing on my love for myself. But let me experience your love that transforms me and gives me new life so I can love deeply. Say that prayer. Today is Valentine's Day. If you love it, or you don't love it. If you think it's a commercial thing, or if you just think it's a time to go, you know, hold hands and walk on a beach here in Indiana. That's cold. Anyway, today is Valentine's Day, and we are reminded of love. But we're reminded of a greater love than just today. We're reminded of the love that Jesus has for us. Let us experience this love and go and share this love. Let us live into the mission of Christ in all we do. You are loved. Go and be Christ's love. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your amazing love through your son, Jesus. Your love never fails. And we pray right now that your love works in us and it works in our relationships around us. And that you allow for your love just to transform our hearts. Let us experience your love in this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you guys for watching. Many blessings upon you. Jesus loves you.